The title of this series is um, uh, Seven Keys on How to Live Through a Bad Day. Amen. Anybody ha ever have any bad days out here? How about a bad week? How about a bad year? <laughs> how about a bad life? Amen. So how to live through how to live through a bad day? Amen. And, you know, we're all going to encounter that those bad days. And, uh, you know, because we live in an imperfect world. That's why Jesus said, pray like it would be down here on heaven as is, as it is or down here on earth as it is in heaven. And so we want it to be down here. And we know this, that God is not. He does rule over everything, but, he, but the devil is in, is in some type of rulership on this world and, and people are yielding to the devil. So there's going to be bad things that happens and then there's accidents and all that. But, but this is actually taken from um, a book that Jack Hayford wrote. He's a pastor in California and he wrote a book on uh, how to live through a bad day. And he, he used the seven statements that Jesus uh, used on the cross. And, uh, you know, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he had seven statements that he said. And um, I believe, well, Jack Hayford took these seven statements and put it in a book that, that would help people just navigate bad days. And we're going to use his book as an outline. And, um, but uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, open your Bibles to Hebrews 12. And we're going to look at verses 2 through 3. And um, this is a good uh, scripture to start out with, especially if we're going through a bad day or um, if we're anticipating some, some rough days. And in Hebrews 12, verses 2 and 3, have you found it yet? Glory to God, I know it's early, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I will just go ahead and read it, glory to God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so a lot of times when we're in the, you know, ev uh, you know Jesus calls it the evil day, and, um, you know, the Bible actually says many good days, and then you have that evil day. And uh, I believe we're going to have a lot more good days when we're in Christ, but we're going to have that evil day. And so really what we need to do is, you know, how Jesus was able to, to get through the cross, um, that he, he had the joy set before him. In other words, he, he could see the vision. He could see past the pain of the cross to the place where God was placing him, and that's at his right hand. And so he could see through that and you're going to have to see through what you, you know, the, the junk that you're going through now to where God wants to get to, where God wants you to get to. Amen. And that's a good place. God's trying to get us to that good place. I love what uh, the scripture says that that God's plans are good plans for us, plans not to harm us or to hurt us, but to give us a hope in the future. And we need to, you know, hold on to like pillar scriptures like these when we're encountering hard days. Amen. We have to know that God is with us, that God is for us and God is going to help us make it through. And with Jesus, he he had the vision so, uh, of of us when he went to the cross. He saw us. Amen. And he knew that we would be. Uh, you know, come, become Christians, and he knew that we would become part of the family because of his sacrifice. 
So he had us on his mind when he was going through the cross. And so we, we need to look at that. And so uh, as we see that Jesus uh, was, uh, had his eye on the goal, we need to have our eyes on Jesus when we're going through the hard time. In other words, we need to, as the scripture says, we need to keep our eyes on him. And as we keep our eyes on him, then what we're dealing with will seem to be small. Amen. In other words, it, it's God's word that produces faith in our life. And faith is an expectant hope. So, so God's word will give us an expectant hope of, of the outcome of what we're dealing with. And, and so faith will give us a picture God's word will give us a picture of, of the blessing that he has in his word. Amen. And, and that picture has to become bigger than the problem that we're dealing with on the surface. Amen. And so we have to we have to understand that. And as we as we look at these things, you know, Jesus responded, you know, um, in his first response on the cross, which is in Luke 23, 34, he, he, his first statement that he made, and this is interesting because you got to think about what Jesus went through. You know, he was betrayed. He was abandoned. He was smacked in the face. He was spit, spit on. He was whipped. Uh, he had a crown of thorns placed on his head. He had, he had nails driven through his hands and his feet. Uh, you know, he was mocked. And the first statement Jesus said when he was, was put up on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Think about that. Think about that. That was the first statement that, that Jesus uttered out of his mouth when he was being beat, when he was nailed to the cross, when he had all manners of evil that was being spoken against him at that time. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And, you know, I'm going to say this. A lot of times when we're going through our bad day, a lot of times, it, 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 you know, the enemy tries to, you know, get us offended in our bad day. Amen. Amen. And, and so offense is something that's going to come to each one of us. And uh, so we can't allow offense to stay. And offense that stays in us will end up becoming a root of bitterness and it will turn into unforgiveness. And we're not going to make it through our bad day if we're going to get offended. And the Bible says many in the last day will be offended. Jesus said many will be offended. And, he, and that's in Matthew 24, 10. And he said that it's impossible for offenses not to come. So in other words, uh, just waking up in the morning, you can get offended. Amen. You can get offended of this day being, I got a little offended today. It was wet, rainy. I should have prayed it through and made sure this was a sunny day. Amen. And we can get offended over anything and we have to understand this, in the bad day, the enemy is trying to get us offended with the circumstance or the situations that we're dealing with. He's trying to get us offended and harbor bitterness or ill will. Amen. And, uh, you know, um, that's not the way we need to be. Amen. And so we need to understand this, that whatever the event that may have happened or, or maybe a person may have said something that caused you to have a bad day. Uh, we need to learn to forgive and we need to pray for that person or we need to pray about that event and we need to release forgiveness towards the person 
or that event or whatever happened. Normally, when we're in a bad day, normally there's some somebody's connected to it. It's normally an event or, or even we can even open the door to our own bad day. So really, the statement Jesus made wasn't just a statement, but it was a prayer as well. Jesus actually made seven statements on the cross and three of them were statements of prayer. And so this first statement that he made was, Father, he was appealing to the Father, forgive these people for they know not what they do. I'm going to say this, people are not your problem. You might say, well, I beg to differ, Pastor. You don't know my spouse like I know my spouse. Amen. But yeah, people aren't your problem. And, and I'm going to say this too, God's not your problem. Because when we go through a day that's a bad day, sometimes if, if we can't blame a person, we'll blame God. Amen. And so we need to be very careful that we're not taking in an offense in our bad day. John, uh, that uh, was the cousin of Jesus, he was the forerunner of Jesus. He was, you know... Um, he actually baptized Jesus in, in, the, in the Jordan River. And so, but John, what, when Jesus started his ministry, John got thrown into prison. And so he was in prison, and uh, I don't know what he was thinking in prison, but the, the, the Bible says, I believe this is in Matthew chapter 11, he said that, that, that John sent some disciples to Jesus while he was preaching one day, and asked Jesus if he was the one that God was sending to redeem mankind or should we look for another? Now think about this. This was John. John had a revelation of Jesus. You know, when, when he saw Jesus, he said, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He had a revelation of who Jesus was. He, he said that Jesus, you know, that, that he was unworthy to untie Jesus' sandal. So he had a revelation. You know, you can have a revelation of God's love when everything's going well. But when things start going bad, you start, you start checking yourself. Uh, what about the love of God here? You know, you start checking, you know, and, and you start losing the revelation. Because it's easy when everything's going well to say, oh, God loves me. Oh, he loves me, man. My prayers are being answered. Everything's going right. Oh, God truly loves me, man. Yeah, he loves But what, what happens when things aren't going right? What happens when things aren't going? What happens when things are still staying the same day after day, week after week, month after month? How's your attitude? Does it smell a little bit? <laughs> are you hearing that? How's your attitude when things aren't going, you know, the way you think that they should go because you're doing everything right, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Do you know we never do everything right? But we think in our eyes that we're doing everything right so there no, no negative should come to our lives. But we live in a, we live in a world that, that, that there's devils in this world. There's a devil that's ruling and reigning over mankind. People are in darkness. And as Christians, we walk in some degree of darkness and we don't even realize it. In other words, we don't walk in all the light. And there's, you know, Paul says, I see in the mirror dimly. You know, I don't see the full picture. And so what he's saying is the mirror is likened to the word of God. We don't see the full picture of what we're going through, how that could actually be something that's causing our character to be developed. 
So when we go through it, we become stronger at the end of it than the very beginning. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We don't see that maybe that struggle that we're going through in our marriage, that that struggle teaches us to lean more on God, teaches us to, to dig deep in our faith, teaches us to, are you hearing what I'm saying today? We don't realize that, that these, these obstacles, these seemingly obstacles that's trying to keep us back from receiving the best from God are really stepping stones to the victory that God has for us. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you, saints? See, the obstacle in Israel was Goliath. He was the obstacle. He was the one that was keeping Israel really from, from, from doing what they needed to do. And, and Goliath taunted the armies of God for 40 days. But, but God had somebody in mind that could take out Goliath. David. And David was really, he was the underdog. And you know what? It looked impossible for David to win that battle. And I'm going to say this to you today. You, it may look impossible for you to win this battle. It may look like all the odds are against you. It may look like it's been just doing, it's been the same thing over and over. When is it going to change, right? I'm telling you, change has to start with you before it starts on the inside, before it starts on the outside. Thank you for those three amens. Change has to start on the inside. Before it can start on the outside, we got to have a change in our heart of uh, and, 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 you know, of what we're dealing with and what we're going through. And we got to know that, that there is a greater glory at the end. Amen. In other words, that that whatever we go through, God knows what we're going through and he can bring a greater glory through that. And with with uh, with Goliath. God was able to reveal to the Israelites that God could raise up somebody that was an unknown, unnamed person, somebody that never even had any tactical training, and God could put his grace and blessing on somebody like David, and David took Goliath out that day, killed Goliath with his own sword, taught us how to get ahead in life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And God can do the same for you. You may not be qualified. You may not have any uh, real abilities in some area, but God can grace you. He can bless you. He can put his spirit on you and you can do things you never thought you could do. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so with, with John, he, he was in prison and he sent some people to uh, some of the disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? Uh, and Jesus said, blessed are those that aren't offended of me. And he said, go tell John the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and the gospels being preached to the poor. In other words, Jesus was reassuring John's disciples and John that Jesus was in charge, that God's in charge and everything's going as planned. Now, you know, John was beheaded for his faith. Amen. And I believe that, you know, what we need to be careful is that we don't hold an offense against God. That we don't hold an offense. That's why the first thing we should do is pray. And even if we're the ones that caused the offense, we need to pray and ask God to forgive us. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? This prayer can not, not only for forgiving the, the, uh, the offender, the one that offended you, but you might be the, offen uh, you might be the offender. And so, so you need to ask God to forgive you if you've opened the door for that bad day. 
Is this helping somebody today? And so this is, this is interesting. A lot of times we, we have people that hurt us and, uh, and, and say things to us. And I'm going to say they're little hurts. A lot of times it's not major hurts. And a lot of times we just stuff it down and we don't think about it until something they do. And then all of a sudden we blow up. Have you ever been there? And, uh, and I'm going to say this, that we need to really check our hearts, especially in prayer. I believe as saints, we should be praying every day. The Bible says pray, pray always with all manner of prayer. And I like the Lord's Prayer. I use that as a template, and I, and I endeavor to pray the Lord's Prayer every day. And when I'm praying the Lord's Prayer, there's a part in the Lord's Prayer that says, Forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. That's in Matthew 6, 12. And we need to understand that, that, that as, as we pray and ask God to forgive us, uh, it's connected to us forgiving others. Yeah. Amen. And so we need, to, we need to think about people in our lives when we're, when we're in our prayer closet. Because, you know, love is the key. And, and it's the key to our walk with Christ. And as we're, as we're thinking about different people, we need to... Uh, to, 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 if we're thinking negative or if we have a negative thought about them or a negative thought about a cer cer certain situation that, that happened with you and them involved, you, you need to change your thinking about that. You need to start, you know, you need to start uh, praying for them. Amen. Amen. And so we need to understand that, you know, uh, uh, when we're in a fence, it, it, it's like a prison. In Proverbs 18, 19, it says a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city and contentions are like the bars of a castle. So what is that saying? It's saying that when we're offended, we can tend to back up and we, we, we back up into a place where we try to protect our hearts. And that keeps us from having fruitful relationships with the people that God wants us to have fruitful relationships with. Now, I'm not saying don't guard your heart because we need to guard our hearts. But, you know, there's sometimes people will hurt you. I know, I know of a friend of mine that was in a relationship with a girl. He's a minister and he was engaged and the engagement broke off. She broke it off with him. He got so hurt over that he, he never tried to have another relationship with another woman. Can somebody be that hurt? Yeah. But you got to let go of that hurt, amen, because God could have a, a person that could be a blessing to you, amen? And, I, and as far as I know, my friend of mine, he's never married. And so, you know, we can allow these hurts to, you know, put, uh, put us in a cell jail that keeps us from reaching out to people that God wants us to reach out to. And so we need to be very careful that the Lord, that the enemy is not using circumstances and situations to keep us uh, barred up. Amen. Uh, to keep us behind the bars. Amen. And so we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about a little bit. We're going to examine some of the sins that Jesus endured on his way to the cross. Okay. Number one, Jesus was betrayed. Have you ever been betrayed by somebody? Have you ever, you know, you put your, you know, you put your trust in a person, you know, you, you, you have, have your trust and they turn around and put a knife in your back. You know what I'm saying? Not literally, but figuratively. So, so betrayal. Jesus suffered betrayal at, at, Judas, at Judas's hands. 
Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. But not only that, to add insult to hurt, he, he, he took the, the guards to where they would have prayer, which was the Garden of Gethsemane, and he, he you know, uh, betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Think about that. He kissed Jesus and he opened and he revealed, you know, at that time it would be for us, for us guys, it'd be like a handshake. But anyway, um, he gave him a kiss on the cheek and, just, and that's really to show friendship and love. But he was he, he revealed to Jesus, you know, that, uh, you know, that he was betraying Jesus right to his face. Think about that. I believe that. That now this is my thoughts, and I've ministered this on before. But I believe you know we know that Judas was a thief, and he was stealing out of the treasury. And we know that one day that the la- that this lady came in while Jesus was ministering, and she broke a, a alabaster box of perfume over Jesus, and that and that perfume was worth about a year's worth of income. And we know in the scriptures it said Judas got upset about that. And Jesus said, you know, told Judas to be quiet and put and put him in his place. Jesus put him in his place and said that, you know, this perfume would be used for his burial and said, leave her alone. And he said, the poor you always have with you. At that point, the next scene was Judas going to uh, the Pharisees to betray him. I believe it was a fence that, that caused Judas to betray Jesus and he portrayed him in such a way that he gave him a kiss because he wanted Jesus to know he was the man that did it. Think about that. That's what unchecked offense will do in us. It will cause us to betray people. Even us. It will cause us to talk bad about people. Amen. It will cause us to, to criticize and minimize. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you people? You can actually be the one. You could be the Judas. What? Not me, Pastor. I got a halo on my head, Pastor. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So Jesus was betrayed. He suffered that. He also, uh, when, he was, when he had that trumped up trial, uh, they were accusing him falsely. He had false accuracy. Has anybody ever said anything negative or nasty about you that was not true? Now, if it's true, I get it. You know, you know, if it's true, I get it. Oh, he's a narcissist. That's correct. You know, if it's true, then I get it. But if they're telling lies about you, that's not true. That's totally wrong. Has, has anybody ever told lies? Have you ever told lies about somebody? OK. Uh, hey, man. And so really false accurate people were paid to lie about Jesus and actually said, make Jesus look bad and to really to get him to go to the cross. Amen. Uh, another thing that Jesus suffered with, the, the sin that was, it was rejection. You know, his disciples all ran from him. You know, when people were um, giving testimonies against Jesus, where was his disciples to stand with him in his trial? They weren't around. And so Jesus suffered rejection. Have you ever felt rejected? by somebody or rejected by a person or rejected even from your mom or your dad at times? Have you ever felt rejected from your brothers and your sisters? Amen. And we got to learn to forgive. Look at your neighbor and say, learn to forgive. 
You know, he suffered physical and mental abuse. He was mocked, scorned, beaten, abused to the point that he did not look human. That's how bad Jesus was. You know, he, he was, he, his face was so, I believe his face was so beaten because that when they spun him around, they smacked him in the face, they pulled out his beard, they put a crown of thorns on his head. Think about what Jesus went through for us. And we can't forgive that minor infraction that that person did to. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Think about what Jesus went through. That's why we always got to look back to Jesus when we're going through the dog day. Amen. And so we see this. And also he was humiliated. Have you ever been humiliated? Jesus was humiliated, hanging on the cross. And of course, on all the movies, he has a loincloth. But in that day, the, the, how they, they did it, they, they hung him naked on the cross to, give, to, to humiliate him, to cause shame. Amen. And I'm telling you, Jesus went through it all for us. Why did he go through it for us? So that he could be our faithful high priest. He went through it for, to, so he could intercede for us when we're weak. He went through it to pay our sin debt. Think about that. And, you know, we think our sins are little. You know, oh, our sins are nothing compared to the sin that that person sinned against me. Listen, all sins are bad. Amen. Just the minor sins sent Jesus to the cross. So don't minimize sin. All sin is bad. Amen. So he, he is a, he's our great high priest. He's right now, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, praying that our faith won't fail. I'm going to say this. Forgiving people isn't easy, but it's possible. Can I say that again? Forgiving somebody that have hurt you, that has abused you, that has, uh, you know, shamed you is not easy, but it's possible. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So you have the capacity to forgive. Don't say I don't have, I can't forgive. You can forgive because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Listen, you may say, well, Jesus, he is a son of God. He had the power to forgive, right? He, he was 100% he was man, 100% God. But what about Stephen? What about Stephen? He was the first martyr of the church. He wasn't even an apostle. He was a servant. But he was preaching like Jesus. And he was preaching to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees got so angry, they gritted their teeth. They picked up stones and they started hurling the stones at Stephen. And, and the process of them uh, stoning Stephen, he said, Father, hold not their sin against them. That's Stephen. He wasn't even an apostle. Think about that. He was just a servant of the Lord. How about us? When people are throwing stones at us, not physical stones, but words that jab at us. Your, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father. Somebody throwing these jabbing. The, they're like stones. The old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Amen. <laughs> That's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. Words can destroy people. Amen. Amen. Words can cause people to commit suicide. Amen. Words. Teenagers, are uh, because they're being bullied, some teenagers commit suicide because they're being bullied. Amen? 
But thank God that we're Christians and we have words of grace and life coming out of us. Amen. So we have to see that, that, that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so, listen, another scripture you can go with is that, that, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So where we're weak, God is strong. And God will help us to forgive. I'm going to give you four keys that's going to help you come out of any offense and out of any uh, unforgiveness. You ready for the four keys? Number one, pray. You got to pray for the offender. Amen. We got to continue to pray until the feeling of hurt leaves us. That means if you got to pray for them every day, God, you know, bless them. Open their eyes to truth. Reveal truth to them. Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. A lot of people don't realize that they're doing wrong when they hurt you. So you pray that. Number two, uh, you bless them. Blessed means to speak well of. So you don't speak evil. You know what that dirty dog rascal did last week. You know, you don't speak evil. Amen. You, you, you speak a blessing. Maybe there's nothing good you can say about, about them that you can think of, but, but look at something and try to bring something good out of it. Amen. Amen. Even if they have nice teeth, they have nice teeth. Just, just learn to say something nice. Amen. Amen. Blessing. It comes through our words. Uh, number three, we need to do good. A physical act of kindness. I remember, and I remember this. Uh, I worked many years ago in the jewelry industry, and I and I was in the jewelry, and I had this lady that worked. She was the assistant manager at the time. I was a salesperson. She didn't like me. You, know, you can tell when people don't like you. You know. And I could tell she didn't like me. She was jealous of me. And because I was going there and God would bless me with sales and I would always outsell her every month. And, you know, it's all about, you know, you, you got to be a top salesperson, right? And God was always blessing me and she wasn't as blessed as I was on the sales floor. And, um, and, I, was, and I almost sold this real expensive watch called a Rolex watch one day. And I, I lost out on sale because I forgot that, that they were... that. That day, there was supposed to be a 20% discount, or you could give a small discount. At that time, you weren't ever able to give discounts on those type of watches. So she said, you could have gave that discount and sold that watch. I said, oh, really? I had the phone number of the guy that he said, well, you know, I, 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 you write down like a profile card on your customer, see if you can get back with them. So I called him up. He had his cell phone on him. I said, I said listen, I forgot to tell you that, um, that I could sell you this watch at a 10% discount. And we can make that happen right now. Do you have a credit card? He said, yes, I do. I'll buy it. So I sold that, that watch or, uh, you know, that same day. And, I, and, and you could split. You could give part of your sales to a sales associate. I gave her part of my sale. I didn't have to do that. And she was seeing me type it in and give her part of my sale, which means she makes a commission off of what I'm giving part of my money away. Boy, isn't that, isn't that nice? Amen. See what kind of pastor you have. <laughs> I was giving part of my money away. And you know what? She was so shocked, it changed her whole attitude towards me. And she, instead of her being my enemy, she, she, she stood with me from the rest of that time. And the following week, she sold a watch and she gave me part of it. Love, somebody say, love, love. never, never fails. fails. Love, love, never, never fails. fails. Okay, and then the, 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 the last key 
is that you have to trust God. That's the last key. You, 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 do, you pray, you bless, you do good, but you trust God that God's going to make it right. You've got to trust God that at the end, he's going to bring your vindication. He's going to make it right. He's going he's to make, no matter what people are doing against you, trying to keep you down, no matter what the enemy's trying to do, God will make it right. In this life or the life thereafter, he will make it right. The martyrs that died, you know, for Jesus standing for their faith, God is making it right for the martyrs up in heaven. They may not live their full life, but God will make it right for an eternity. Do you believe that today? When Joseph was going through all his problems, thrown in a pit, went to Potiphar's house as a slave, went to the prison for something he did not do, God made it right and he became, you know, the prime minister of Egypt. He became the most powerful man of the world. So whatever you're going through, whatever you think that you can't let go of, God will give you the power to let go of it and he will raise you up and he will, show, and he will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Yes. Do you believe that today? Yes. Did you receive something today? Man, I got I to finish this up with St. Patrick. Amen. I'm wearing my green tie here. I'm, um, and I want to acknowledge St. Patrick. Amen. And uh, we know St. Patrick's Day was, was a couple days ago on the 17th. And, uh, but anyway, do, you, do some of you know the story behind St. Patrick? And I would love to do a movie about him. Amen. And, but anyway, St. Patrick lived in Britain. And he was, he was uh, around 14 of age. And uh, these pirates came over from Ireland. And what they would do, they would abduct people, take them back to Ireland and sell them in, in to slavery. And so uh, one day they came and they, and they got, uh, you know, St. Patrick. And they threw him on a ship and took him over to Ireland. And they sold him as a slave. And he worked, in the field, he worked as a shepherd in the fields over there. And, um, and that, I believe, was a time where he really got close to God. And as I, as I read, he got so close to God that it didn't, it, he, he really didn't allow those circumstances to control his attitude. And he said that he, he, he didn't notice the cold. He didn't notice the heat. He didn't notice anything. He had such a relationship with God. And God revealed to him when he was in his, in his early 20s to escape Ireland and go back to Britain. And so uh, it, it was revealed to him in a dream. So he, 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 he escaped Ireland. He, he got into a ship. He was able to get back to Britain, got reunited with his family. And then uh, a few years later, the Lord gave him a dream to go back to Ireland to evangelize Ireland. And so, uh, and so he had a vision to do that. So he went into the monastery and he, he, he became a bishop. And then he was sent back to Ireland and he evangelized Ireland, and they were an, a, a godless nation. Uh, they were Druids. They, they worshiped false gods. And, and, and it's said that he raised up hundreds of churches. He spent 40 years of his life there. And think about this. The people that imprisoned him, he set free. He didn't allow these people to control his act. Normally, if a people, the enemy would love to work with people groups to hurt you. Because then he, then he tried to make the whole people group bad. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Oh, those people are always like that. No, that's not true. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's how prejudice is. And, but he didn't have a prejudice bone in his body. And he raised up churches. And, he, and the shamrock, which is the three-leaf cover, it is said that he used that to describe the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? And I was telling people on the 17th, uh, every, you know, people I, I was in, at the store, do you know about St. Patrick? Did you know that he had a brewery and he had green beer? No, no, no. <laughs> did, you, did you know that he was a saint and that, that the, the Catholic Church named him a saint? And I was telling people, people were just shocked because they think he's all about the green beer and the parades. Amen? And so I'm going to say this. If God can move on a heart like St. Patrick, to, to give his life to the people that imprisoned him, to set them free. What can God do in us? And when God starts doing something in us, then he can do something through us. Amen. Did you receive something today? Praise God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today and we just thank you, Father God, for your mercies and for your goodness. I know, Father, there's some out here that are dealing with hurts and pains. And Father, it may not have been their fault. They were just the innocent victim. But, Father, I know that you have the power, and as they, as they submit to you, Lord, that, and, and, and submit to your power, you will give them the ability to release all those hurts. And perhaps you're here today, maybe you're a visitor, maybe you're watching online, Facebook, and you know you need to let some things go. But the first thing you need to do, is, if, you, if you haven't done this, is to receive Jesus as your Savior. Because you need to have that relationship with God so you can have that love to let those hurts go. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, ask, say this prayer after me and mean your heart. I believe that God will give you a love in your heart that will give you the ability to forgive those who have hurt you. Just say this after me and mean in your heart. Just say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Fill me. In Jesus' name, amen.